Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today, I have a solo episode for you. I want to talk about something that I couldn't really believe I hadn't specifically touched on in depth by now, but you know, hey. I want to talk about the idea or the question of, can you have Turner syndrome and not know it? I think with everything we've talked about for how diverse Turner's is, for how much is still being researched and how much we still don't know, how much of it is unpredictable, this is a very important question because it could be the difference between somebody taking the time to ask the questions from their doctor to to push for a karyotype and to confirm at least and make sure that this is not a factor for them and the difference between somebody getting diagnosed or not. And I have always been a believer that knowing is better and that you want to know and the more you know the better you can understand and the better decisions you can make for yourself so i think this is important to touch on so (laughs) spoiler alert quick answer is yes you can have turner syndrome and not know it you can have now i will say the likeliest like probably 99% of the time, the situation will be if you have Turner's and don't know it um, by early in life, you're most likely going to be mosaic. So there's a difference between mosaic and classic Turner's that gives that ability. I know I've talked about this before, Mosaic, the textbook definition or understanding, is it would be the less severe case. You would have less symptoms. You would have less complications. And so if you were to be past a certain age and not realize you have Turner's and then find out that you do, that would be the likeliest scenario is that your karyotype would come back as mosaic. Now, that's not guaranteed. Don't take that as a, you're definitely mosaic. It's, that's just the pattern we see. So I have a story. (laughs) I know I've touched on this to some degree in the past, but I think this is probably the biggest scenario that I really, that I really learned how late in life you could be diagnosed with Turner syndrome and having not known it up till then, how possible that was. So in the beginning of going through our infertility journey, I was watching a lot of infertility videos and stories on YouTube. It was something that helped me process. It was something that I was able to learn a bunch from. And it was really helpful for me. I was just so desperate to understand, so desperate to learn more. 
And it really helped to hear other stories. And I ended up finding this YouTuber who was in the UK, which was really fun. I love, I love the UK. So it was really fun for me um, to follow her story and watch her videos. And she spent years being told by doctors that it was unknown, the cause of her infertility, that they didn't know why she had not gotten pregnant yet. Her and her husband had been married for a while. They had been trying for years. And no matter what test they did, they couldn't figure out why it wasn't happening. And it was called undiagnosed or unknown infertility. Um, just kind of, they didn't know why it was just happening. And then um, something, something finally triggered her doctor to suggest a karyotype. And they said, let's just do this just to make sure there's nothing underlying that we're missing. And they did it. And it turned out she was mosaic Turner syndrome. And when I watched her video, I was so excited to see she'd updated and um, they had learned more. And when I heard her say that, I was in shock. I had never heard a story prior to that of somebody finding out so late in life. She was like early 30s and she hadn't known until then. She hadn't been diagnosed till then. And that really solidified for me. You really don't know how this is going to manifest and it can be causing complications without red flagging anything else to make you suspect it could even be something genetic, right? Like they they had no reason to think it was something genetic until they had ruled everything else out and went, let's just make sure this isn't a factor and then found out it was. And that was incredible to me. Um, I think... I think just that story really helped shape my view of how Turner's care should be approached, of how these issues that are a part of Turner's should be addressed when they come up, not just for us that are already diagnosed, but for those that may not be diagnosed yet and you don't know what's causing things. I think it's such a good case for just doing the test just to make sure. That there's no harm in testing to be certain. There's, there's no loss in finding out and having it be negative. But ruling that out so you know for certain it's not. I think in these scenarios, knowledge is power. We can make better decisions. We can understand what's going on more and know better how to move forward. And so for that reason... Not only can you certainly have Turner syndrome and not know it, but I would advocate that if you suspect, do a test to make sure. Ask your doctor if that could be a part of what's going on for you and if it might be good to do the karyotype, do the blood test, just to make certain. There's no, 
there's no harm in asking that question. There's no harm in bringing it up. And I think you can only benefit from learning more. And I know I was talking to Lauren on last week's episode about early detection being so important and how much it helps to know as soon as you can. And I think in these scenarios, that can really make the difference between getting the care you need and not because they're looking at everything else instead of what the actual source of what's going on is. And I think that also speaks to treating the source, going to the source instead of treating symptoms. And that's something that this would also make a difference in. There's such a difference in those approaches and some some differences are just vital. Yes, treating symptoms is important. Yes, it's helpful to relieve those symptoms. But at the same time, if you knew where it was coming from, would you address it in a different way? Besides just addressing what's happening on the surface, would you address it in a different way? Would you approach care a different way? And that's why learning more is so important. So I wanted to touch on this and share that story, kind of advocate for while you do want to balance not jumping to conclusions, there's also no harm in getting a test and making sure. If you are questioning that list of symptoms that there is being a part of you, like if all of that sounds like it could be, ask your doctor. Suggest it and say, hey, could could this be going on? Because I've been learning about this and And it really sounds like maybe it would be worth testing to make sure. And there's there's no harm, no foul in that. You can only gain understanding, even if it's negative. Then you've ruled that out and you know it. And I wanted to make sure I shared that because it is important, especially as we're talking about things like infertility that can go undiagnosed, really, um, without this understanding that they don't know what's causing it. Oh, wait, but you have mosaic turners. So yeah, now we do know what's causing it. Now, of course, there's a lot else you would want to know potentially after that, if that was the diagnosis you got. And I have talked in depth about those things, so I, I won't really touch on that now. But I think this just really drives home the importance of testing. No matter what kind of testing it is, at least you know. And I I am not a huge advocate of ignorance is bliss. In some scenarios, yes. In some time frames, Yes, not overwhelming yourself, not making yourself dwell on things, not making situations harder than they need to be. There's maybe a case for it, um, but I don't really believe that's the healthiest in most cases. Most cases, I believe knowledge is power. I believe understanding is power and important. And the sooner you know and learn, 
the sooner you can start processing things. I think with all of the different things that come up in life with Turner syndrome or not, um, it can be so helpful to have that understanding for being able to actually start processing. I know for me, that was a huge part of my infertility journey was getting those answers, even though I knew what the likely scenario was since I was little, it made it real. It made it real in a way that actually helped me start to process my feelings surrounding that more. I was able to go through those emotions more in-depthly. I was able to really settle with myself how I felt about it and how I would want to move forward knowing those things. And I think it's the same thing with getting diagnosed with Turner's or not. And that's the start of then learning more. That's the start of moving forward in whatever way that looks like. So I know this was probably a bit, <laughs> a bit of a rant, but I just wanted to share. I know I've maybe once or twice shared that story briefly before, so I wanted to touch on it a little more in-depthly this time and really think about that concept of having Turner's without knowing it. We never know how Turner's is going to manifest itself, right? Like we don't know how it's going to present itself. Each case is so unique. It's just like the talk I did on, on can you be classic and not really have any symptoms? It's the same, same idea. It's so unpredictable. It's so unique and volatile. We can't say for sure without that blood test what's going on. We can't know until then because Turner's is so just its own beast. <laughs> and I think that's why when looking at the genetics side of it, there are a lot of things that the doctors that are researching Turner's don't even try to predict. One of the conference sessions I watched on YouTube, one of the doctors was talking about this, that, you know, we don't speak in absolutes because we can't. We can't say absolutely, this is what's happening. This is what will happen. And this is what it always looks like, or this is what it looks like because it's so unpredictable and different. And I mean, that applies to not just whether you might have Turner syndrome or not, but also your care if you do. But I think particularly when looking at medical stuff, that's just so important to remember. And for that reason, the more I have learned, <laughs> the more that's my biggest message I preach almost is do the testing, find out. Don't, don't keep yourself questioning. Don't make assumptions. Don't just find out. There is no harm in testing. 
I mean, yeah, some of the tests are not, you know, the most fun things to go do, but <laughs> they are worth it. So that that is what I wanted to touch on today. I hope this is helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.